Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is qualifying day at the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen pips Fernando Alonso to pole position after an all-time classic qualifying session to set us up for a fascinating race. Ferrari suffers yet more pain with yet another clumsy day in the Principality that ended with Charles Leclerc copping a grid penalty. And Esteban Ocon scores a big result for Alpine at the end of a difficult few weeks for the French team. Having just caught her breath from an electrifying afternoon, it's over now to your host in Monte Carlo, it's Julianne Serasoli. Have you recovered from the Monaco qualifying yet? Wow. Hi everyone, it's Julianne Serasoli here, and I think it's fair to say this Saturday showed why F1 still needs to race in Monaco. It was one hour of cars being pushed to the limit, drivers flirting with the walls and entering corners not really knowing if they would make it out. In the final moment, Esteban Ocon proved how much a driver can make a difference on a track like this and took the provisional pole position. Then it was Charles Leclerc on pole on a very tricky Ferrari. Then it looked like Fernando Alonso was going to make it and you could feel the whole paddock cheering for that as it would have been such a great story but in the end Max Verstappen showed his quality in less than 19 seconds and took pole position so Max he had been doing well in qualifying Red Bull having improved the way he handles the bumps something especially harmful for its car due to the suspension being stiffer and also with the car riding closer to the ground. So everything that is usually a big plus for Red Bull becomes a bit of a problem in Monaco, but they dealt really well with it throughout the weekend. Even so, Max knew the gaps would be tighter than usual. He didn't prepare the tires well for his last run. In fact, he had to push hard to get past before the checkered flag. And then he said that that's why his first two sectors weren't really good and they weren't. In fact, pole position seemed to be in Fernando's hands when Max needed to gain over two tenths in the last sector. Let's remember that this is the shortest track of the year, of course, and the third sector is the shortest sector of Monaco. So he has only 19 seconds. He did it in under 19 seconds. So Max came rubbing his tires on the guardrail until the last corner and he got the pole being less than a tenth faster than Alonso who in the end said he had 10 seconds of disappointment and then only saw reasons to celebrate the third front row of the season. In the end his third sector wasn't really good. He did a 19-1 which was only the tenth fastest of all and basically he lost the pole position there. 
I like the way Alonso described to us what it's like to do a qualifying lap or whole qualifying in Monaco. He said, you go into a high risk mode. The track keeps changing a lot. So every time you do a fast lap, you're pushing. It feels like you are doing the first lap uh, at the track because the condition changes so much. So you enter the corner without knowing how you're going to get out. It can go really, really well or really not well. The race is a bit different, of course. It's more of a show for celebrities, that's what he said. It's a lot more boring for the drivers, but the Saturday is so, so good, then it's worthwhile to be here. Alonso is always making a lot of sense here. He was asked what he said to Max when they were both getting out of the car, and he said, I'm gonna make you a bit nervous tomorrow. <laughs> But then he completed, I don't think it works. I'm just trying. You can try to destabilize Max, but it, it seems to be a bit difficult at the moment. Talking about the race, I'll be realistic. You cannot expect a busy race in Monaco. At least it will look good on TV. The broadcast has improved massively with foam taking over this year, finally. But the forecast for rain has changed and it's close to zero now. A one-stop race uh, is expected and there are only a few cars out of position who could shake things up. In terms of race pace, Aston Martin and Alpine are doing well, plus of course the Red Bull. And the Mercedes car usually comes to life on Sundays, although they haven't really done a race in this weekend. Who can put some spice in the race is Sergio Perez, who admitted having made a mistake at Sandevot. He crashed very early in qualifying, which is quite weird, because usually the drivers wait until the end to push harder, and he will start last. He said the behavior of the car surprised me. Uh, it didn't come out of the corner as fast as I expected, but it's my mistake and a big mistake. So he is second in the championship and he was betting on his ability to do really well in street tracks to beat Verstappen this weekend. So it's a big blow for him. After struggling on Friday, he was a lot closer to Max this Saturday. So he was a very costly error especially as Max didn't nail the whole lap in the end. Another driver who did not qualify well, but has space to recover, is Lance Stroll, who is starting 14th in the race. Stroll didn't do well, but we had some stellar performances this Saturday. But first, let me do a moment of silence for Ferrari, or more specifically, Ferrari's race engineers. A big breath with me. So Carlos Sainz had to overtake three cars on his last attempt. And Charles Leclerc ended up losing three places on the grid for blocking Lando. When Charles came to the media pen after speaking to the stewards, it was quite clear what happened and that it would be very hard to avoid a penalty. He said, I did the best I could from the moment I received the information Lando was coming on a quick lap. In other words, his engineer informed him too late and that's why he got the penalty. It's a shame for both Ferrari drivers who start in fourth and sixth. 
A shame because the car looks so difficult to drive, especially Charles' car. The car bounces a lot, the rear moves too much. So both were happy with what they managed to do and they both had a lot of reasons not to be happy with the team. Another one who did really well was Esteban Ocon. He was super, super happy after qualifying. He started in third position. He said he was comfortable with the upgraded car from the first free practice in a way that he never felt before in Monaco. So usually in Monaco, he would start giving like 90% of what he can. And this year he started with 98%. And that gave him confidence to take more and more risks. That's how you can be quick in Monaco. In the end, he said, I pushed 200% on that, on that last lap. And I thought, either I have a very good time or I will end up on the wall. Whatever, I'll take it. It could have ended badly for him, but it worked. And he has a very good race pace as well. So where does it leave Mercedes? So Hamilton is starting fifth after Leclerc's penalty and Russell only eighth. So Lewis didn't quite like the direction he decided to go with the setup after FP3. So he wasn't as comfortable with the car as he would like to. But he said the car in general is more drivable and that is not due to the side pot but to the new suspension. But of course, the suspension being a mechanical element would be the one that could make a difference in Monaco. After struggling yesterday, Russell said the car is not bad to drive, it's just still lacking downforce. So it's a work in progress for them. But he also said he would be surprised if they found themselves behind Alpine and very close to Tsunoda next weekend in Barcelona. So that's it for me here in Monaco, where the party has already started. I don't know if you can hear anything in the background, but I can. And there's a Red Bull party tonight, so it would be rude not to attend, wouldn't it? I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks very much to Julianne, and let's hope Ferrari takes her up on her breathing exercises before the race. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Monaco Grand Prix paddock by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. You can also keep up to date with all the goings-on between episodes by following Julianne on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.